Hey folks, just wanted to let you know that we had some technical difficulties with the summer school episode, but we're still trying to get that sorted out and released soon. In the meantime, we'll skip ahead to Adventures in Babysitting. Also, it's official. We're now part of the Rat Salad Review Network. And if you're curious about what other podcasts are on the network, well, here's a brand new promo for 2022. Looking for some new podcasts to listen to? Well, look no further than the Ratsaw Review Network. Ratsaw Review is taking over the podcast world with plenty of shows to choose from within their network of entertaining programming, including the flagship show Ratsaw Review with Wayne Noon, Greg Noggle, and Lou Mavs, as well as occasional co-hosts Manny Mejias and James Lilquist. We also have the official Ratsaw Review spinoffs, such as Album vs. Album, Screams from the Grave, where we discuss beloved yet forgotten hard rock and metal albums of the past and a King Diamond podcast called This Broadcast Belongs to Them. We've also got Old Man Metal's Musings, The Right Opinion with Harrison Bergeron, Beyond Bushido, a podcast dedicated to pro wrestling and MMA with James Elquist and Eric Adams. No relation to the guy from Manowar or the mayor of New York City. The Vieira Vault with Ralph Vieira. Schmackamagab! gob to you too, Ralph. The Timo Tolki podcast featuring Stradivarius and Avalon founding member Timo Tolki. The BS Sessions with Mark and Jerry. Just the cheese, please. A podcast dedicated to cheesy films of the 1980s with Tara J and Adam. The Friday Night Party with the great Harry Barnett and Evie. And the Music is Life podcast with Lou Mavs. The Ratsaw Review Network is your go-to one-stop shop for the best podcasts out there today. Go to RatsawReview.com for more info. And to find out where you can find, follow, subscribe, and comment on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and all streaming platforms. The Ratsaw Review Network. We're, We're taking, taking over. Hey, 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 and welcome to Just the Cheese, Please. I am Tara J, and I'm here with Adam. How you doing, Adam? I'm doing good today. How you doing? Pretty good. Um, pretty good. Today, <laughs> not great, but pretty good. Okay. Hopefully, it'll get better as as this goes on. Well, you have a drink, right? I sure do. <laughs> if I ever needed one, today is the day. Okay. Uh, Adventures in Babysitting, 1987, was the choice for this week. Yeah, I'm I'm happy about it. Who was it directed by? Chris Columbus. Who apparently also did that weird cartoon in the '80s, Galaxy High? Um, Love that cartoon. I don't know if many people even remember it, but I thought that was a little interesting thing. Was that about a school that took place in space or something? Yes, it was. Do you remember it? No. I think it might have had one season. I don't know if it was <laughs> even very popular, but I remember the theme song. I don't know. I remember it strange, mm. but yeah, Adventures in Babysitting. Um, I never saw this movie, believe it or not. What? Oh my! God. I when I was watching it because I thought that I had, and I was pretty sure I'd seen like parts of it. I know I didn't see it in the theater. I figured maybe I'd seen it here, like you know, along the way. I have never ever seen this movie. When I was watching it, nothing looked familiar. I didn't remember anything that happened, so I kind of went in blind with this one. After after Big Trouble in Little China, this might be the movie that has the most nostalgic factor for me of any of the movies we've done so far. I think most people I would agree with that, and. I see why for sure, but I just, I don't know. I don't know why. It's weird. I've, there's so many movies from the 80s that I've never seen, even though I love movies. I love movies. I mean, I went to school for film, for God's sakes. You know, like, I don't, 
I don't know how I would, did not see these movies, but I never saw this. So I don't have really any attachment to it except for the fact that I felt like it was probably time that I saw it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, my history with it is that I've just seen it a bunch. It was on cable, like nonstop. Um, just watched it a bunch. My family watched it. My sisters watched it. I was, I was young, but uh, yeah. And I just, I couldn't get over how many scenes and even down to like specific facial expressions just sort of made me remember, you know, it was just that just sort of like wrung my memory a little bit. I know exactly what you mean. It's funny because I'm the same way. Like I'll see somebody just make a gesture and I'm like, oh my God, like I remember that. Mm -hmm. And this movie did not, it did nothing. I really, the only thing, the only thing that I remember that sort of sparked a little bit of a memory is the girl outside on the side of the building. Oh, okay. On the outside part. That is like the only thing. So maybe I saw that part, but none of the, none of the rest of it, I remembered at all. Even the even the opening scene, like my first note says, I remember this dancing scene. Like it opens up on her <laughs> dancing, and I'm like, I remember this. And then I just every five seconds was like, I remember this. I remember this. But yeah, that's my first note is definitely about the opening scene too. But um, you're like you're kind of like the expert on this movie, so maybe I should make we should be a little, um, you know, do something like a little unorthodox, and I should like do the plot because I really have nothing, like no idea about this movie. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I, I hopefully it's not too confusing. Um, there was a lot. There was a lot going on. I mean, there there was definitely a lot going on, and I don't know. Like, I usually do mine pretty like succinctly when I do this, but I'm going to give it a shot. Do it. So, okay, this girl has it's her anniversary, I guess, with this guy she's dating who looks like he could be like her accountant or something. I don't know. Like, he <laughs> looks way older than her, and um, he breaks a date. It's obvious what happened. Why he's breaking the date at first? Like, we can all tell he's doing something, you know, nefarious. And um, so she ends up getting a job babysitting for, you know, someone, so like neighborhood kids or whatever. And she goes and does that. Her, her friend runs away from home. I have a lot to say about that. <laughs> I will hold my tongue until we get to it. Mm -hmm. uh, runs away from home and calls from the bus station. So she has to go get her. But of course, tons of things happen, you know, in between then. They break down the, the nice crazy, you know, the nice guy who looks scary at this is that the tow truck picks him up, but then he finds that his like wife is cheating on him. So he goes there to try to, to try to kill the guy. They hide out in a car. The car gets carjacked by like this. <laughs> I don't know what that was. It was like some weird <laughs> chop shop mafia or something. And then they escape from there, but not before the idiot steals a playboy that has all this information on it. And then they're chased down by them for like, pretty much the entire time. Then, oh gosh, I don't know. Well, so who are the kids? What's that? Well, who are the kids that she's babysitting? Um, well, Sarah is the one she's like really babysitting because she's young. Mm. I don't know, like they're just friends of the family. What do you mean, like who are they? Like, yeah, I mean the kids. It's it's the the girl, right? The, yeah. the young girl, Sarah, and then um, the kid's name is Brian. No, Brad. 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 Is that right? And then yeah. yeah, and then Derek, their annoying friend, comes along with them. Daryl. Daryl. Right. Sorry. <laughs> So, yeah, so, like, all this stuff, this crazy stuff happens. Finally, they get to Dawson's car, you know, garage, whatever, who was played by my absolute favorite. I had no idea he was in this movie, by the way. Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah, it's they a get boyfriend. Their, I, I, didn't, uh, I didn't know he was in this either until I saw it this time because he's so out of place, but we'll talk about that. Yeah, no, it's very weird. But, um, yeah, so they get their car back from him, and they go pick up, the, you know, they get their friend, and, Obviously, everything is fine. They come like, just in the nick of time because, well, you know, they had seen the, the family. They went to the, the place to try to look for the girl. There's just too much to really, like, go into. But 
Um, of course, you know, by the time the parents come home, she just like jumps over the couch and sits with the magazine and everything's totally fine and it's all good. So mm-hmm. it's a very awesome. 80s, like something happens and hilarity ensues. And then like just every single thing that could possibly go wrong goes wrong. It's just like a chain reaction of like bad situations, but somehow it all gets resolved in the end, right? Yep. Just like a good 80s movie does. <laughs> That's right. So yeah, you said you, you had something to talk about regarding the, the opening scene, the dancing scene. She's dancing mm-hmm. in her bedroom. She's waiting for her boyfriend to show up because they're going to go out somewhere fancy, I guess. Yeah, I just think it's funny because like um, if any girl says that they didn't do that growing up, they lie. Because I will tell you that not only did I do that, I do it now. So That, that energetically? Anytime that you like, yes, at any given time, if you were like watching me, you might see me dancing around my house now as an adult to a song or just making up my own song and absolutely jumping on the bed and dancing like that. So that is a thing that people mm. do. That was not just for the movie. I do that sometimes when I'm drunk, but <laughs> uh, she, she almost broke that bed when she was yeah. singing into it. I feel like it was about to break. <laughs> she was very emphatic. I mean, maybe maybe not like that, you know, jump like you know, doing that. But like, I definitely jump around and dance quite. A, I, I do it quite a bit. Yeah, it was a cute scene. It's it's it fun. Scene. So yeah, Bradley Whitford. That's his name, the actor who played her boyfriend. Okay. Oh, he's been in a ton of stuff. He's been yeah, he looks familiar. Things. He looks yeah. very familiar. But uh, it's funny because he—that's he, actually his car and his license plate. If the trivia can be believed. What like that's really his car? It's his license plate says "so cool." The Camaro that says "so cool." Wow! Well, if you yeah. have a license plate that says "so cool," I guarantee, like I'm telling you right now, you're not—you're not cool <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. But Bradley Whitford's cool. I like Bradley Whitford. Well, he's a jerk in this movie. That just means he's a good actor. <laughs> yeah, so I was trying to figure out how old they were supposed to be because she comes down and answers the door by herself. And I'm like, are they out of high school? Are they in high school? I couldn't tell. But later on, they established that she's 17 and she's a senior in high school. I had the same feeling because she kept saying, I'm too old for this. I'm too old for this. Like, bitch, you're 17. You're not too old for anything. Like, calm down. <laughs> but she was saying it like as if, you know, she was in her like late 20s and, you know, I, I shouldn't be babysitting anymore. I don't know. It was just weird how she kept making it seem like she was so much older because her boyfriend, like, he looks a lot older than her. So I'm like, maybe she's supposed to be like living on her own or something. I don't know. It was just not on her own, but like maybe she's in college or I don't know. But right. yeah, she's a senior in high school and she's like complaining how she's too old to do anything. Like, she just act like, you know, she should be a professional already. Yeah. Which was, but which was weird. I've, I would feel like girls that age would want the money. You know, they would want the money from they'd want the money from babysitting. They would. They would. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. You're too old for babysitting when you have other ways of making money. Right. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, is it a job? Then be quiet. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. So he shows up and and he's gives her an excuse that I can't hang out because my sister's sick and she's contagious because she's like, I'll just come over your place and we'll make a we'll stay in tonight. He's like, no, she's contagious. I don't want you to get sick. Yeah. And then she goes to kiss him. And he covers her mouth and says, no, contagious. And it's like, wow. I mean, even if I was lying to a girl, I'd still kiss her. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, he was. it was obvious that he was doing something really bad and that he was not a good person from just, I mean, first of all, his car. I mean, it screams douchebag. So right. <laughs> obviously, like, you know, he's going to be kind of a jerk. And then he was like, oh, my sister's sick. I'm like, yeah, this guy's lying. Is it possible he thought his excuse was so bad that that was his way of breaking up with her? And the fact that she didn't realize it makes her the dumb one? Um, 
No, because if you're gonna break up with someone, just do it. Don't yeah, be, okay. don't, don't do that. Like, just say like, I don't want to be with you anymore. I met somebody with really bad hair and a weird face. I mean, I don't know what that, that oh, girl. Yeah. <laughs> the girl, I was like, you have Elizabeth Shue over here, and then you have whatever this is over here. I don't. Well, okay. <laughs> I mean, he did make a comment that in that restaurant, Elizabeth Shue's character's legs were locked together at the knees. So oh, it okay. could have been so, you know, that. I guess I guess <laughs> she was just an easy an easy way yeah and so the the little girl that she's babysitting for she decides to take the babysitting job oh sh- her mom comes into the room after the boyfriend cancels the date and says um sorry your date got canceled the Andersons need a babysitter can you do it tonight and she's in the room speaking to her friend mm-hmm. Brenda Brenda yeah yeah and I I didn't really pay attention to what Brenda was saying for some reason, but I guess it was important because later on she decides to run away. Well, she's pretty whiny and nuts, and I couldn't figure her out either because she doesn't look like a popular girl. Like she's not exceptionally like attractive or, you know, well put together or anything. Like, and she's like says something to her which like stuck in my head. She's like, "It's you know, Mike or whatever was the best thing that happened to me," and she's like, "He's the only thing that happened to you." Like, as if she can't find somebody else. And I'm like, wait, are you supposed to be, like, super popular? Like, I can't figure out her status, Brenda, because she's neurotic and she's crazy and she does, like, weird shit. But she's talking about how she needs to get out of here and this town is terrible and it's all awful and, like, life isn't going to start until we actually, like, get out of here, wherever they live, in the suburbs of Illinois somewhere or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think anyone in, in the movies in the 80s really got the high school click experience correctly. I think that either they just assume everyone hangs out with everybody, even though they're all slightly different, or they're so segregated that they become like caricatures of themselves. Of like real yeah, people, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I agree with you. Like, I don't know where Brenda fits into, like, is she a nerd? Is she cool? Like, what's her per- persona? What's her personality? Yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't get it. But apparently she threatened to to spike someone, I don't know if it's her mom or her stepmom. I think it was her stepmom. She said that she was going to put Drano or something in her mom's drink, in her tab. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love when they use like actual products that like don't really exist anymore, you know? I mean, I don't even know if tab exists anymore, but. it's, and it's Yeah, because it was in Back to the Future. Yeah. But it's weird how it's somehow, well, tab was caffeine free, I think. It was like one of the first caffeine free. It was or, a calorie free. I believe. Calorie free. Okay, so it was Teb like diet. Was beautiful people. I remember the commercial. Teb was for, okay. So it was like <laughs> so a diet you, you had to be skinny, so there's no calories. Yes. But it's weird how like the fact that she was going to murder her stepmom is okay, but if she was going to spike her like real mom's Drano um, drink with Drano and kill her, that would have been kind of creepy. I don't know why it's, it's, I mean, it's they're okay. both pretty fucked up, really, if you think yeah, about it. Yes. But I mean, for some reason, you give her a little more, um, like, I guess, wiggle room with the, the stepmom. Yeah, it's not really your mom, so whatever. Yeah, it's just fine. some lady. This is some lady that your dad married. Who cares? Exactly. Yeah. So um, the Sarah, the the younger girl that that's being babysat, she is obsessed with Thor. Mm, she is, and she also has my pet monster. Oh yeah. That in the background, I was like, "Oh my god, I had that." You used to have that on a chair in your room through <laughs> when I was high like, school. What in my and into my twenties, I into did too. 20s. I think it's my mom's attic now, but I like I had that thing around forever. I loved mm-hmm. it. And it's weird because she's only into Thor, not any other Marvel character, just Thor, which I guess is fine. But it's 
I feel like if you're into comics, you're into multiple comic book characters. Yeah, it's weird that it's just Thor. This didn't jog my memory about the movie, but looking at that huge poster, like the sticker almost, like the shed on her wall, it was like mm-hmm. life-size of Thor, like he was kind of like running. Oh, yeah. That exact image is what I remember. I had like comic, because like, I mean, take her kind of and like just naked Spider-Man, and that was me when I was little. Like mm-hmm. I was obsessed. So seeing the comic like from that like actual time when I really loved them, like loved Spider-Man, like it just made me like, I was like, oh my God, like it was so nostalgic to see that actual picture because it's very much from the 80s cartoon, like the comic book and I had like color forms and you know, you name it. I had it all. So it was kind of cool. They were called, but they were like life-size things you put on the wall, but they didn't have borders. They were, it was just the, the cutout of the actual character, right? Yeah, they have them then, but and like they market them now, and they're called like fat heads or something. Fat heads, like that's the right. Same yeah. thing, but I don't I know if it was the same. Heads. I don't know if it was the same brand, you know. But yes, that was basically what that was. But Thor, and um, the older brother is in love with Elizabeth Shue, mm-hmm. and cannot for the life of him keep that a secret. Every five <laughs> minutes, just finding a, a way to embarrass himself. It's it's a little ridiculous. It's like just just shut up, please. <laughs> like, yeah. why are you still talking? No. And she either is okay with it or encourages it, or it's possible. I just don't understand Elizabeth Shue's expressions because I don't think she's like a. I don't think she expresses emotion like a real person. <laughs> okay, explain. I just I don't I don't I don't understand her facial expressions. It. To me, I felt like she flirted. She flirted with everyone in that movie. She flirted her way through that movie with kids, with college students, men with hook hands. <laughs> I, I, but maybe I'm just wrong. Maybe I just have her facial expressions incorrect. I, yeah, I don't. I, I I kind of agree with like her facial expressions are not like like emotive of what you think she should be emoting. Like it's kind of like I was sort of like, are you always are you like terrified or? <laughs> bemused by something like I can't really tell you know like it was weird like something would happen and she would just be like but this isn't scary <laughs> like what are you what are you doing I don't really understand so yeah I she's got this the smirk and these bedroom eyes and she always she has these like little theatrical things that she does like she's yeah. always very like expressive but in a very like small way it's I don't whatever but uh yeah so the the parents go to a fancy party and then Brenda calls from the bus station and tells her that she ran away. Whining and screaming, and I'm like, shut up. Like, she's just yelling. I mean, she's yelling. You, okay. Brenda runs away from home with no bags and no money. Right. So I'm I'm just confused, because she's screaming at um, Chris to come get her, like, like she was at her house. Okay, she was at her house like five minutes ago, like just talking. All yeah. of a sudden, she's gone. She runs away from home. She has no money. She has no, you know, personal belongings. Nothing. She just decides she's going to leave home, and then she's going to call Chris and scream into the phone about how she needs to get out of there. And there's like people with guns. There's homeless people. I mean, there's all this crazy shit happening all around her, which is obviously like for <laughs> you know theatrical. Like you know, it's funny and it's just insa- like, insanity at the bus station. That and old man who was like, get out of my house. Get out of my house. <laughs> and she's like, you've just moved. And she like kicks the shit. <laughs> it's like, Brenda sucks. Like, I'm sorry, but Brenda sucks. Like, Brenda you're not sucks. a good person. You are not. I wouldn't, I, would I wouldn't be friends with you. I just couldn't handle that. Like that she calls up screaming and she literally didn't even bring any. She, how are you running away from home when you don't have any money? What did yeah, you think exactly. was going to happen? 
you're going to get to the bus station and you were just going to like flirt your way onto the bus? Like, what were you thinking was going to happen with this situation? That's a good question. I don't know. She had, I guess, just enough money to get to the bus station, but not anywhere else and no destination in mind. <laughs> then and then changed her mind within five minutes. That's not running away from home. That's taking a cab to the bus station. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, well, I don't know what you're thinking, Brenda, but you really did not put a lot of thought into this at all. I don't understand why she had to put Chris through that. And then she asks, well, can I take a cab there and you can pay the, the cab driver? And Elizabeth Shue says, no, it would cost 40 bucks. So I'm just going to drive to the city to pick you up from the bus station with these kids, which mm. to me is stupid. I have to imagine like halfway through the movie, she's going, I wish I would just let Brenda take a cab to the house. Um, it's yeah. all Brenda's fault. This whole entire thing is Brenda's fault, if you really think about it. Um, but there's one thing that I noticed on the counter. I don't know. I, <laughs> it really bothered me. It was obviously like late evening, you know, early evening. And because the parents were all dressed up, they were going out for a night on the town at night. So it just happened to be that it was still light out, but it was still evening. And the cereal, the Captain Crunch and the milk was still out on the counter. Mm-hmm. That really bothered me. I was like, mm-hmm. that milk is no good now, people. Like, <laughs> why is it still there? It's been out. And then when she comes home, she cleans up. It's still out there. I'm like, gross. Just throw it away. I yeah. don't know. Things like that just bother me. Like, why is the breakfast still out? It's dinner time. Yeah, it's weird that, like, at the end, when well, I guess, uh, well, I'll say, at the end, when she comes home, she they show her, you think she has to do so many things to, to um, cover her tracks. But all she really does is, like, clean the kitchen. She cleans the kitchen kitchen up that's it i mean they weren't home i mean other things that were done you know so uh, so the first thing that happens is on the way to the city uh they blow a tire nothing precedes that nothing causes that it just it's like a random thing i think it blows yeah yeah it just blows they pull over on the middle island like i don't know what i know they're in chicago but i don't know the expressways that well if there's not a shoulder but i would imagine that most modern roads have shoulders they seem to have pulled over in the middle island is that something that you're supposed to do well you know what i noticed is that it looked like it could just been camera angles but it looked like at first they were trying she was trying to pull over to the right to get to a shoulder and then all of a sudden in the next shot they're pulling to the median in the middle right so, i don't know like it could have just been like ca- camera angles like sometimes you can't tell you know but it did Maybe. at first she was going to the shoulder and i was like that makes sense you know because whatever but like she's not even on the median she's like half in the on the median half in the road Blocking yeah. traffic on the expressway. I was like, um, okay, sure, why not? And mm-hmm. I'm like, and then they're standing, and then they're standing in the middle of the road too. You know, not like crazy. She has kids with her, and they're standing in the middle of an expressway. Like, would they swing those doors open into oncoming traffic, or into not oncoming, but into traffic? It's ridiculous. And then you just hop out and, and what? And they and they stand there like and they and stand I there. And I'm like, like thinking in my head, I'm like, could you guys move? <laughs> this is stressing me out. <laughs> like you have kids with you, get the hell out of the road. And then, yeah, well then a truck pulls up and they're scared of the guy who comes out and she puts the little girl in front of her. I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and they're scared. It's funny because they have a face like, you know, oh my God. And I'm like, but you're standing in the middle of a lane, first of all. Right. So you're blocking traffic. Second of all, like, just, I don't know. Like, I don't know that I would have been mortified i mean if someone stopped like there's a busy road i would have probably been like hey help look you're a tow truck that's cool like maybe this guy will help me like i don't know it was just like a weird like that was one of the weird reaction things like obviously it's chicago and they're supposed to be they're making it seem like it's very dangerous and very terrible i personally never been to chicago i don't know what it's like or in the 80s if it was like that but Mm -hmm. the movie sure did make a fuss about making chicago 
terrible. Like yeah, absolutely yeah. awful. It did. It looked it looked terrible. But the guy comes out of the truck and he walks over to them slowly and he's all in shadows and they're scared of him. And he's got this big bushy beard and he says he's there to help them. He's going to, uh, he says, well, oh, do, do you not have a spare? You got it on the expressway without a spare? And he just starts laughing hysterically yeah. at them, which I thought was a little strange. Well, and then it turns out. He pulls up like whistling. He's definitely trying to be weird. You know, he ends up not yeah. being like he's, it, they're trying to paint him as like a very nefarious character. He's like, what's he going to do? Is he going to kill them? You know, and he's got a hook hand. Oh my gosh, he's evil, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it turns out he's a tow truck driver and he's going to tow them to the garage. And he does say, when they say, we have no money, he goes, I will buy you a tire, mm-hmm. which is kind of important for later on. But he says, I will buy that tire for you. Yeah, it is. Which is weird because he could have just said, like, well, I'll buy it now and you can pay me back later. But he's like, no, I'll buy you a tire straight up. Okay. Yeah. By the way, that actor, that actor has a brother who's also an actor. Is he? Oh, is he a singer or No. No, no, but that that guy with the hook hand, his in real life, that actor's brother played Frankenstein in the Monster Squad. Oh, cool! Yeah. I love when things are all like interwoven. Mm-hmm. Not so, like movies, but like our thing, you know, like those movies that we've seen that have like the same actors or brothers or whatever, you know. Yeah. So, then, yeah. so, so then, like they go, they get in there, and they're all like good, whatever. And he gets a call from Vincent D'Onofrio's character, I guess Dawson, whatever. I didn't realize was him on the other line at the time. I didn't recognize and, well, him. Well, no, I didn't even know he was in the movie until yeah, I actually yeah. looked up the car- the actors and I was like, what? I was like, where is Vincent D'Onofrio? And then he was, <laughs> he was in it for a very short time. But um, he gets his, his, you know, radio, whatever, like call from him, from him and says like, you know, that guy is at your wife's house or whatever. Like somebody's at... Someone's car parked out. That, that car is parked He's outside. Like, that car is parked outside, right. Yeah. So he gets like all upset and goes crazy. And so rather it. than driving into the garage, he drives to his house to confront his his girl and, and this guy who's she's right. sleeping with, and pulls out a gun and starts shooting, like attempted murder in the yeah. middle of the city, with like kids around outside and everything. You know, oh, yeah. totally fine. Even, even after he misses and shoots up her car, who he's towing, he exactly, just, and then he still... ends up shooting a bullet through the through the windshield. Um, yeah. Oh, just to go back quickly, when you said that it was funny about the the, the tire, I also mm-hmm. noticed that Daryl, who I really can't stand, he just he just oh. gets under my skin. Oh my god, he's so annoying. Okay, um, we'll as the, when, like when the the you know they get the flat, like he's laughing hysterically. Yeah, what was that? I didn't. I failed that. to see how getting a flat tire on the expressway is funny because I, it yeah. certainly isn't funny in any capacity. I don't care if you're fifteen. Or if you're 80, like it's not funny. I mean, this sucks. This sucks huge penises. Yeah, she, she's she's <laughs> like jetting awful. across uh, traffic to try to pull over, and they're they're in danger. And I, I like, wasn't sure oh, if was, oh, that was oh, nervous oh, laughter or something. He would have been like, "I'm sorry, I, I laugh when I'm nervous," but no, he just seemed to no hysterical find the whole thing funny. Like yeah. this is the funniest. I was like, I just failed to see the humor in this. Like I don't think when I was a kid, if I was a kid and I was in the car and that happened, I would either be scared or i would be indifferent because i wouldn't really understand but mm. i'm i can guarantee you i wouldn't find it funny there's nothing funny i don't know that was just a weird thing that they had him do like i don't know that kids would find that funny so, so. that actor is anthony rap and he is famous for being in rent he was the original i think he was the original cast but he's one of, he's one of the more famous players in the the show rent and he was uh he's in star trek discovery the the, the current Star Trek series that's happening now. 
and he seems like a nice guy. Oh, I don't, I'm not judging his character. I just hated him in the movie. (laughs) He could be the nicest part. I don't, when I say I don't like him, like Brenda, I don't know who plays the person, like Brenda. I have nothing against her. And I hope, I mean, I'm I'm assuming that people listening are going to be smart enough to realize that I don't, I'm not talking about the human being that's playing a character. Oh, I know. I have a problem though. I have a problem because I look at Brenda and I know it's Penelope Ann Miller and I've seen her in other stuff like, Bloxy Blues and and uh, Night of the Comet and Kindergarten Cop and The Freshman. So like I I, I have the trouble of separating characters from that. Oh well, you're gonna have to get used to that because when someone annoys me in a movie, it's got nothing to do with the person, the actual character, the person. It's the character that annoys me. So yes. But it also works both ways. If I don't like an actor or actress, I'm gonna hate them in a movie. <laughs> I'm gonna root well, for them to die. <laughs> okay i don't see i don't i don't do that i do the opposite i hate their character i don't know anything about them if i don't know anything about them i have nothing against them they could i could have met them in the grocery store and i would have been like hey how you doing i don't care i just don't like the person so daryl's character was irritating and it yeah, was, he was stupid and well he with the playboys it was like all the play like it was like it was so much playboy in this movie yeah. <laughs> like, like it was like an advertisement for playboy it was really weird that is true he was like obsessed. Like he there was couldn't... a lot of a lot of sex. There were some edgy jokes too. When they're getting in the car, sex. He makes what? a reference to like some hardcore stuff. Well, there's at one point where he says they're like we'll get like um, something like whatever. And he says raped. Raped, yeah. That's and what I'm I was like, referring to. Uh, ew, that's not funny. Like even like it's supposed to be okay because it's like the girl raping the raping the guy thing. But I'm like, yeah, she's like, if you if you step out of line. I'll kill you. Murder, dead, kill. He's yeah, like, yeah, you're going to rape right. us? Like, what? Yeah, like. It's not cool. Not cool. I didn't like that. He's just, he's just and... like too overly sex and it was just annoying and I just, it just bothered me. And All right, so it's... enough about Daryl because he sucks. But... He does suck. <laughs> In this movie, he sucks. Oh, and then, okay, so the one, there's one thing that I thought was really, really funny. Sorry, I feel like I'm, all right. Now, you know what? No. Let's just, let's, let's Please. just, so no, this, what's the next this thing? Guy's, this guy's shooting up the place so they go hide in a car. Right. And it's, it's the philanderer's car. Exactly. It's that guy. They fail to realize that there's somebody in there about to steal the car. And then they notice it. And he is the nicest car thief ever. Yeah. <laughs> Who knew? He's so sweet. So she talks to him. And I, what I felt He's like was, not threatening at all. No. He just he, seems like a totally <laughs> chill dude. He was so sweet. It's like I would hang out with him, you know? Um, it seemed for a minute that they might have a little romance, but then it never happens. Well, this is what I'm saying. She flirted her way through that entire movie. And I don't know if that was on purpose or if that's just the way, I feel like that's just the way Elizabeth Shue looks. Maybe. Yeah, I agree with that. That's true. But one part that I thought was funny is that she's like, I don't have my purse. When they're broken down, she's like, I don't have my purse. I don't have my purse. I can't believe I forgot my purse. But however, she remembered to bring the cough syrup for Sarah. Oh, that's right. So she... Forgot the thing that every woman, no matter what they say, is like literally the most important thing that you will always have with you, like your wallet, your pro- whatever. But and she That's forgot good- that. But she didn't bring. But she brought the cough syrup that was in the refrigerator. Oh yeah, there. that's a good point. That is a great point. I didn't even think of that. How did she walk out of the house without that purse? I don't know because uh, girls don't do that. I'm tell you now, they, they don't she- do that. When they when they when the tire blew and she pulled over to the side of the road and they stepped out of the car for like thirty seconds and the car was out of frame and then she was like oh no and she went back into the car and I'm like don't tell me in that thirty seconds 
they're going to say someone came by and stole the purse out of the car. That's what I thought yeah. too. But she just said that. And that would have, you know what, which would have been, it would have been ridiculous because they were standing right there. But yeah. it would be more believable that you're going to take children in a car and you're not going to bring your purse with your driver's license in it. Come on. I mean, that's yeah. me absolutely ridiculous. Like, but you brought the, the cough syrup. So I guess we're all good. They keep telling everyone their full name and not just their name, but the names of everyone they're with. They're like, hi, I'm Chris Parker. This is Brad Anderson. This is Sarah Anderson. This is Daryl so-and-so. And I'm like, why do you keep telling everyone your full name when you're involved in all these shenanigans? Just I don't know, but I feel it. like people did that in the 80s. I feel like, you know, when we, the more movie, 80s movies that I watch with doing this, that people say their full name. I have never walked up to somebody and said my entire name to them. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. Why would you... I don't know. I don't understand that. Like, it's never the only thing that's ever happened is if I'm like, you know, at a job interview or something, you know, like someplace where like I need to say it. But just meeting people on the street or like <laughs> at a restaurant or at a whatever, like I, that's just nobody does that. <laughs> but like criminals who might want to kill you or doctors who you might want to be run out on the health bill for, like they just keeps telling everyone their full name. <laughs> And the bad guys keep showing, like, not because they know their name, but they keep showing up and finding them. And it's like, well, they're going to know where you are. Even if you escape tonight, they're going to know where you live now. There's yeah. a whole group of people, <laughs> mobsters, who know your name. I don't get it. I know. I agree. Then I Brenda, agree. Brenda's at the bus station, and she's was... starving. Right? Is it going to talk about Betsy? Talk about Brenda again. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> with, with the scene with the, the hot dog vendor? Um, oh, well, that whole, that because that's like a whole scene. She's She's um sitting at the at the seat in the seat which has its own tv that was a yeah, thing that was a thing yeah that's kind of awesome why did they get rid of that yeah it was like <laughs> that's a tv like real... melded into the armchair like mold molded into like, the armchair i feel like that's like more techno like you know technologically advanced than like having a big tv like you know sitting there what you know like, i think that's actually pretty freaking sweet <laughs> but yeah I don't, yeah i don't remember where i i've seen them or used them when i was a kid maybe at airports I feel like they were maybe were at OTB. <laughs> oh, they were at OTB. You're right. <laughs> Why we either we should know that is, shh, we won't oh, talk about that. Oh, oh well. <laughs> I spent some time in OTB as a kid. <laughs> yeah, it was the 80s, everyone. Don't judge, okay? Parents, yeah. did, parents did stuff. Um, but there was, but there was coin-operated ones that you would drop a coin in, and it would be like 10 minutes of, of TV. That's, I, don't I don't know, know if I've ever seen it like anywhere, but I think I've seen it okay. there at OTB. But yeah, so she gets her glasses stolen by the bum next to her. Mm -hmm. And then she can't see at all. Apparently she's incredibly blind without glasses. Right. Then she goes to the hot dog vendor and she's like, I need a hot dog. The guy's like, all right. So he makes her a hot dog and she tries to pay, pay him with a check, which is kind of funny. But the hot dog vendor's like, what the hell is this? And she's <laughs> like, this is a check that like, I bought something for Chris. She signed the check over to me so and, and gave me the cash the difference. Now I'm going to sign that. It was like a really convoluted story. And she's like, but now I'll sign the check over to you. And the hot dog guy's like, no, I don't take checks. <laughs> and he's going to throw it out. And she's like, what are you just going to throw it out? He's like, yeah, I don't take checks. And he, he delivers this line that says, I'm cash only. You slip me the you slip me the cash and I'll slip you the wiener. Wiener, Yeah. <laughs> And I was like, oh, there's a little innuendo, I think, yeah, going on there. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. And she's like, but I don't have any cash. And she, then he says, but then you don't get the wiener. <laughs> you got to have the cash like, if you want to get the wiener. I appreciate that scene a lot more as an adult. 
Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely. Although I never called hot dogs wieners. That was not my, that was not our style. I don't know. Yeah. We're also, maybe it's Midwest. I don't know, but New Yorkers, I don't think we call them wieners. We call them hot oh. dogs. Yeah, but did you call it an Oscar Mayer hot dog? Oscar no. Mayer's I called wieners. You, so even if you didn't say Oscar Mayer, you just said if it was Oscar Mayer, you called it a wiener. No, you didn't. You call it a hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> you call it a hot dog like the rest of us. Shut up. Mm, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody walks around saying like, you want my wiener? Unless you're trying to be funny. Okay. Well, I don't know. There could be regions of the U.S. that actually do say that. Like, well, that's what I said. Or Jimmy's. Midwest, so. Midwest might have, because they're from the Midwesterns. They might have, they might say that there. I'm saying I never called them wieners before. That's not what we called them. But no. yeah, like I just said, Midwesterners might be, you know, call them wieners. What about Frankfurters? You know, I was like an old person thing. I think like grandparents <laughs> used to call when I was little. I used to say Frankfurters. Mm-hmm. I don't. Everyone, I like my mom, my dad, me, my sister. We always just said hot dogs. Didn't matter what it was in it. Right. It, it was whatever it was. It was a hot dog. If it looked like that, it was a hot dog. Okay. So yeah. Oh, so yeah. At the chop shop, um, we may we may have skipped over this. So at the chop shop, the car thief is like, I can't drop you off in the middle of the. This neighborhood because it's too bad you have to come to the chop shop with me and he brings him to the chop shop and he's like don't worry nothing's gonna happen to you but they're immediately like bring them upstairs and act like they're gonna kill them so that car thief didn't seem to know what he was talking about no but he definitely was not in on it and also as a side note the guy who was in charge whoever that guy was Mm -hmm. looked like the cartoon (laughs) version of james cagney (laughs) when they used to have him on bugs bunny like right what the fuck like it's the most menacing looking dude i've ever seen he was the weirdest looking guy like first of all terrifying he could be the nicest man i don't even know the actor i don't know what else he's been in Mm -hmm. but he is absolutely terrifying and his mannerisms he's just like what and like he'll look at you with this (laughs) crazy face but all i kept thinking was like the bugs like when bugs bunny or like that you know bugs bunny's cartoons did had james cagney in it yeah, that's what you look like. Exactly like that. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about, and you're right. <laughs> and it, it didn't help that he had like a hard on for killing children. Yeah. It seemed like even when he didn't need to anymore, he just wanted to kill them really badly. He didn't need to. He was like, okay, we got the Playboy, but you know, like you need to go so we can take care of these guys. It's like, wait, what? Well, wait, what? What are we? Yeah, gonna- later in the movie, they're chasing this little girl, and it's like, what are you accomplishing? If yeah. you kidnap this little girl, what does that gain you? Nothing. <laughs> I don't know. He was very strange. But so when they escape the chop shop, they go into a blues bar. Oh, I love how our notes are like pretty much like right on point with each other. Like yeah. you are saying, doing my notes exactly. <laughs> so they go into this blues bar and Albert Collins is there. Very famous blues player mm-hmm. on stage. And a lot of really good blues music in this movie itself, which great was great cool for the Old 80s. music, yeah. That it, they did that instead of having that like Casio cacophony that they usually have, and which I don't mind, you know. But <laughs> well, there was a score. There was like a score with dramatic, you know, no, original but music. It and was stuff, a lot. That was mostly blues music, and I really liked it. Motown, that was yeah, very cool. Sam Cooke and Shirelles, it was great. So they they somehow when they run away from the chop shop, they get onto the stage of this blues club, but it's a predominantly, I'll say, soul themed blues club, and. um they're obviously they stick out like a sore thumb, but they're on stage and Albert Collins is there and he says, Nobody leaves without singing a blues. But before that even happens, now let me ask you if you yeah. accidentally went backstage to a place and ended up on the stage, mm-hmm. wouldn't you like move? <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't you maybe like 
get off the stage or like try to like sneak by. Yeah. They're all just standing there like. Exactly. Yeah. Like, like Albert that's... Collins is not going to stop you with his guitar neck. Bit like <laughs> he's not physically impeding you from leaving the stage. Go. I kept, I was like, can you, can you guys get off the stage? Like, I don't know. I obviously they had, they had another bit that they had to do with them on the stage, but it was just annoying. Cause they, it was like a, I feel like it was a good 30 seconds. They were just standing there like yeah. not doing anything. <laughs> oh my God, get out of the stage. So the, yeah, the band starts playing this 12 bar blues and they start making up lyrics and it turns into this song called the babysitting blues about yep. the night they've had so far. And then the audience starts to slowly get into it. And she gets super into it. She's like, it's reminiscent of her first scene where she starts like dancing and um, it's a little bit dramatic, I guess. It was a little embarrassing. I was a little embarrassed. You were? Yeah. A little I bit. I got a little embarrassed. I know it embarrasses you for other people. That's, well, yeah. So I, I just like want to make it like kind of clear because I think I've said this before, but for people listening, like I have this weird thing where I get embarrassed for other people. If something's happening that like, I'm just, you just want it, you know, it should stop and it's just terrible. Like I, I want to like crawl into the bed or like crawl into the covers and just be like, please make it stop. So that yeah, was cringe, one of those cringe, right? Yeah. Those moments I was just like, Oh God. You, you like, said I'm, you, you said you think parades are embarrassing for the people in parades. Oh, I hate, Oh God. Parades. Um, but parades yeah. are people who choose to do that because they want to do it. I know, but it embarrasses me. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't like them. It's okay. not like all parades. It's not like if someone's having a parade where people are like parading for like veterans or something and they just have flags. It's like, it's more with like the kid stuff with people dressed as princesses and like the, the things. Oh, what about the Shiners? Like the Thanksgiving Day Parade is embarrassing. I find that for embarrassing. For the balloon animals? <laughs> Never want to go. The what? For the balloons? No, the balloons are the only part I like because there's no people. It's not people. You're just looking at it's the, the, the dance numbers and everything. Oh, it's just embarrassing. What about the Shiners? The guys in those tiny little cars? Uh, the the fezes on the old guys with the fezes and the tiny oh. cars. <laughs> I don't know. That sounds cute. I don't know if I've ever seen them. Yeah, yeah. I actually don't know if you find that cute or embarrassing. <laughs> but that's a real thing in parades. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know about them. Okay. So yeah, so they. They slip out and then they show the bad guys follow them on and they go through the same door. They wind up on stage and then they're also they also say the band says to them, nobody leaves here without singing the blues. And that evil looking dude just gives the guitarist a look, gives Albert Collins a look. And I don't know what happens next. They don't say well, if they actually have a sing or not. I think it buys them some time. Yeah. But I would like to not think that those guys just pulled out guns and started opening fire on everybody in that place. No, I don't think That's so. I think they ended up having happen. to do sing or, or do something, and then, or I don't know, they had to do something because I would have liked to see that guy sing. Sometime. I would have liked to see that mean guy sing, though. <laughs> that would have been interesting, actually. Yeah, him and his buddy, played by Ron Canada, who also was in Star Trek, was in three different Star Trek series, a couple good, great episodes. So, yeah, two people from Back to the Future, and two people from Star Trek in this. Wait, who who's in Back to the Future? Uh, Elizabeth Shue was in Back to the Future, and oh, yeah. Sarah was also, the little girl was in Back to the Future also. She and was? Yeah, she she played the mother's younger sister in the past. So when he goes back to the past. Oh, wow. The that young, was the, small. The younger so, sister, yeah. So it was like uh, the kid from the Wonder Years was one of the the son, and she was the daughter. The brother, the annoying brother from the Wonder Years, wasn't he? It was like. What do you, he, when he's like reruns, like, what are you talking about? Like, this is the first time it's been on when he's. Uh, yes. They're, yeah. they're sibling. They're sibling. 
Okay, but that's yeah. the scene when you're talking. Okay, cool. Yeah. So the car at this point has a flat tire and it's got a bullet hole through the windshield. Then they get on a subway, or, or I don't know, if it's, I guess it's a subway, but it's it's an overhang, right? It's like a above the ground the subway. L, yeah, the L. It's an L, yeah. Mm -hmm. And they get, they happen to be in the exact car that two warring gangs show up on either end of the subway car and decide yeah. that they're going to start fighting each other. The night is already going so well for them, so mm. no, why not? <laughs> like, come on. So these, these two gangs are about to duke it out. And she gets up there. This, this is the part that I find embarrassing, which she's like, don't mess with me. I'm a babysitter. Oh, God. Uh, they're, they're talking tough to each other. And she gets up and tries to talk tough as a babysitter. Sorry, you would have been dead. Like, they would have stabbed you in the face and then yeah. like, gone on to their own thing. I don't, care kid, how, I don't care how cute you are. Like, that's not, nobody cares. Like, they're going to kill you. That was yeah. so ridiculous. And like, mm -hmm. please don't ever try that at home because it's not, <laughs> not going to work. No, I no, promise it will, not, you it will work. not work. Uh, they would have taken their money and beaten or killed them and yeah, possibly done other stuff. Like, yeah. not, no, it doesn't matter. Absolutely. But then the, the, the kid um, stands up and tries to protect her because he's, he's into, it turns out that the guy she's been dating, the guy who stood her up is with another girl this whole time. The, the, Daryl and Brad both know who he is. The kids know who he is, and they're trying right. to tell her throughout the entire movie that he's a jerk. But their their um their story of why he's a jerk wasn't really that bad. They were like, "Oh, one time a year ago, he thought I touched his car, so he beat me up." It's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> like, well, you know. yeah, you're kind of annoying, and he's kind of a jerk. So I mean, you know, whatever. Yeah. I feel like they knew that, like, in a way that he was like doing stuff with other girls or something. I don't mm -hmm. know. Like that he was just a bad guy, but they didn't say it for some reason. I don't know why they wouldn't say it, but so Brad keeps trying to prove to her that he's worth it, even though he's he's only he's fifteen. I thought he was like fourteen or thirteen because she's seventeen, he's fifteen. I know couples that dated when they were seventeen and fifteen, this even is, an older older girl. This is so. my thing with her age thing because she keeps saying like you're a child, I'm too old for this. Like you're when you're seventeen, like I understand you think like you know oh, I'm a senior or whatever, but like you're really not. Like, let's say 10th grade and 12th grade. It's really not a big difference. It's not no. that big of a deal, you know? It's not like you're a freshman and a senior. I mean, that's... I know a guy in 10th grade who dated a senior. She was in 12th grade. Yeah. I mean, I don't so... really understand why that was... That that was something that annoyed me about her character, how she just kept saying she's too old because she can't... She doesn't need to deal with this anymore. Like, she just kept talking like she was like a 30-year-old, you know? Like, it was unfair yeah. that she had to resort to this nonsense with these children i'm like he's two years younger than you like calm down but then she runs into that hooker who turns out to be the same age as her I yeah think that maybe changed her mind a little <laughs> bit <laughs> maybe i don't want to grow up so be fast worse, chris look at what you could be doing okay babysitting doesn't seem so bad now does it yeah exactly so anyway in the, in the subway car one of the gang members throws the knife down through brad's shoe and, and he gets stabbed in the foot mm. or not really though i mean you find out later he needs one stitch. One stitch. If you need one stitch, that you don't need stitches. I was, oh my God, that's exactly what I said. I was <laughs> like, if you need one stitch, then chances are you would have just been okay with like some bacitracin and a butterfly, you know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think you needed any needle even to go into your, and maybe a tetanus shot because you don't know where that blade's been. But Okay. All right. All right. Maybe. Because I was going to say, that hospital didn't seem that clean. So if I only needed one stitch, I don't know if I would have risked it to go to that hospital. That hospital, I was like, I'm going to write something, something down. I actually crossed out because like, I didn't want to spend a lot of time on it. 
But I'm glad you said that because what was that hospital? Like, I know people make jokes about county, you know, on, on TV and stuff, like county hospitals. So it's terrible. Yeah. But like, it looked like a jail hospital. <laughs> it was like cinder blocks, like all of it was cinder blocks. And it was mm-hmm. like only divided by, it was like a stretch of beds with like one little curtain. Like there was not even any rooms or anything. Like, and the doctor looked like he wanted to hang himself in the shower. Like what? Yeah. Like he was just like, <laughs> It, they painted quite a picture with that hospital. It definitely was not a good picture. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. <laughs> it's like, and it's funny that I was gonna write it and then I crossed it out because I was like, ah, who cares? No one's gonna notice that. And I was like, I'm so glad you said that because oh no, because they the told him they came in, they were like, oh, doctor, the the patient with the stab wound died, and he just shrugged. He was like, all right, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and then he says, they tells them <laughs> that their friend died. <laughs> Yeah, because they go, oh, oh, where's our friend Brad? And he goes, which one's Brad? And they go, the one with the stab wound. They're like, oh, he died. And then she faints. But it turns out it's a different stab wound. Then they they run out of the hospital. Why'd they run out of the hospital? Because were they trying to skip out on the bill or was someone chasing them? No, um, I believe that they... So they run out of the hospital. Okay, I had to read my notes. Sorry. They run out of the hospital because Pruitt comes crashing in some, some of the Pruitt, he comes in. Pruitt's there, yeah. The, Pruitt's the there. He comes crashing in because, like, the other guy is there because he beat him up. Oh, he thinks they stole his car. And then he thinks, right. He reported them to the police as the people who stole his car, the right. philanderer. And it turns out the philanderer is there and Pruitt is there, the guy who, who tried to kill the philanderer. And then Pruitt tells them, oh, your car's at Dawson's, where it was originally supposed to go. I fixed the windshield, but now you got to pay $50 for the tire. Right. And they're like, oh, can't you take us? And he's like, no, I'm a fugitive. And he like runs away. And it's like, yeah, you tried to kill a man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're an attempted murderer. I still like, I'm sorry, but I still like Pruitt. Pruitt's kind of a, I, my, one of my favorites. Yeah. I like him. Okay. <laughs> but like, why isn't he paying for the tire now? Well, I think, okay, I, I was thinking that too. I was like, so it's only $50 for the tire. The windshield probably costs a lot more. And he's like, of course, I'll pay for the windshield. That was, my, you know, that's my fault. So because he's paying for, even though he could have avoided paying for a windshield altogether if he didn't shoot, you know, a gun randomly and wildly into, you know, a crowd <laughs> and, you know, just kind of not care about that. He, I guess, because he was paying for the um, windshield, he felt like he shouldn't pay for the tire anymore. Yeah, but you knew that they had to get home. And you can drive home with a broken windshield. Broken you can't windshield. drive home with a flat well, tire. Well, I mean, then they would have never had the opportunity to go into the frat house and mm-hmm. meet the rich boy, which she asked for $50 within three minutes of meeting him, you know? I mean, oh, that yeah. Was- that was that was weird because she did not offer to pay him back for quite a while either. You know, she just literally said, you know, they met and they think she's, again, with the playboy. Yeah, why, why, yeah, why do they like her? Why does she meet this guy? Because they're making this reoccurring joke throughout the whole movie that... She resembles the current month's Playboy Centerfold. Oh, yeah. So she goes into the frat house because the girl has to use the bathroom, little girl. And they're all like, oh, that's the girl from Playboy. It's the girl from Playboy. But she ends up meeting like the one decent guy at this totally toxic frat house. <laughs> so awful. Yeah. And she's... He's like, hey, hey, well, while you're you're the girl babysitting's in the bathroom, let's dance. And then it's a slow song, obviously. So they start dancing all slow. And she's like, I need fifty dollars. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what I thought actually in the very beginning, which I thought would have been a better route, but then I guess maybe there wouldn't be an opportunity for them to meet. But what I was thinking she was gonna do was say, 
oh, that is me. And for 50 bucks, I'll sign it for you. That's where I was thinking she was going with that. I was like, wouldn't that be smart? Because when am I going to see those people again? I don't care. Like, whatever. You think I'm that centerfold? Sure. That is me. 50 bucks, I'll give you a signature right now. You are devious. Elizabeth Shue is not as devious as you are. I need 50. Oh, so I'd rather do, like, bilk some idiot strangers out of something they think they're getting than just ask some random dude, like, to give me $50 (laughs) for nothing. I mean, at least these kids are getting something for it, kind of, you know? She was so weird in that, though, because she's like, I, I need $50. And he's like, I only have 20 And she's like, that's fine. I'll take it. And it's like, okay. Like, what are you going to do with the, for the rest of it? That's but, not fine. <laughs> yeah, it's not fine. And she doesn't say, like, oh, I'll pay you back. She says it, like, way later. But at the time, she's just like, oh, oh it's okay. Like, I'll just take the 20 And he's like, no, no, hold on. He's like, I can only bring get 45 And she's like, okay, great. And then, again, not doesn't mention that she's going to pay him back or anything. And then he's like, I'll drive you to Dawson's, the, the, the garage, right. to pick up your car. And they go through this underground, like, you know, you know sometimes there's, there's like a bridge, like an over, if you have an intersection, rather mm-hmm. than have lights or stop signs, there's like an overpass. And sometimes in some cities, they actually have underpasses. Where Seattle you drive has under that. The, yeah, there's a, I think Philly has that. Boston might. Um, you go under and it's all lit and green. And they're all like, this is a weird place. Do you remember that line? They I were do like, remember this is that. It's a weird yeah. place. And it that's is. where the garage is. It's like in the middle of that sort underpass. Of like underground, yeah. It is it a weird. It was pretty place. weird. But then you have none other than the weird Vincent, the weirdo Vincent D'Onofrio playing Dawson. He shows up and they but pan like, up very slowly. Comes from the ceiling, though. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He comes up high like, somewhere. Comes from like, you know, on like a lift. He's like on the lift and like bringing it down on, you know, in the, the car lift or something. I don't know what that was about. And there's like smoke everywhere. And then the girl's like, it's Thor, which was so adorable. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that's so cute. He's got this long blonde hair. He's got a trucker's cap on. And he's got he's got a sick build going on in this movie. Like, I mean, Vincent D'Onofrio was known for being a pretty big dude. So oh, I know he's a big dude. He, no, but I mean, usually like you know he's oh exactly yeah he's a like, big guy, and it, it was he was, he was just, in freaking shape. Yeah, just before this movie, he was in. I think it was just before this movie. He was in Full Metal Jacket, and he was kind of chubby in that. Yeah. So it was strange to see him like pretty muscular. He was built, and it was very weird to see him like that because that's not how I'm used to seeing him. Yeah, and he, he kind of played the role almost like a Californian, like, hey, dude, hey, bro, what's going I on? I thought it was Timothy Oliphant for a minute when I first saw him, <laughs> like, for a split second because he was skinny, and they right. sort of both have, like, the teeth, like, cute little, like, messed up teeth, you know? Yeah. And I was like, wait, that's not Vince. Is that Vince? I was like, that looks like Timothy Oliphant, though. Like, I don't know. It was just weird. I'd never His seen him that skinny before. Did not look like him. Strange casting, to be sure. Don't know why. He, you know who was originally <laughs> going to play this role? Another fun fact, you know who was originally supposed to play Dawson in this movie? Who? John Michael Thor, the lead singer of the band Thor. Oh, because it was like Thor? Like, so, well, that's cute. I don't know what he looks like, but it was a very odd casting for sure. Like, not some, like, I would not know why somebody would seek him out specifically for this role, knowing that he's kind of an oddball, which is Mm -hmm. why I love him. And... It just didn't fit him. It didn't really fit him at all. Like it was such a strange, I don't know. I just felt it so I thought it was so weird that it was him. And it was I was happy to see him in something and I was just, you know, whatever. It was like it's so random, but it was very Yeah, I, don't I, know. I, I only brought up John Michael Thor because the band Thor I have ties to through my mm-hmm. family. 
Oh wait, is that the is that the band? Mm-hmm. Oh, why did I think it was called something else? It's called oh okay. Yeah. So, the singer of that band. The singer, the actual guy. The did band. I meet him? No, he wasn't no. there. He yeah, wasn't, he wasn't there. there. Okay. No, oh, it was damn. it was the rest of the band. So yeah, but that's interesting. He 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 takes the forty five dollars and he's like, "You owe me fifty. You're five dollars short. You don't get your car." And then the little girl makes a plea to him, like, "Come on, Thor. You're Thor. You're supposed to be nice to people." And he says, "Get out of here." I don't yeah. Care about you. <laughs> At first he's like, "You're stupid. Get out of my face." But then she gives him her winged helmet that she's wearing through the whole thing, mm-hmm. which is adorable. And he starts to soften before our eyes. Yeah. And he's like, okay. He's like, take your car. And then they're like, oh, I'll pay you. He's like, get out of here. <laughs> and then she's like, and he's like, hey, you know what? I have one of these at home. And he like tosses it back to her. And I was like, oh, that was cute. It was cute. He went from like being a total asshole to like being really sweet in like five seconds. <laughs> but okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a little abrupt. It was an interesting cameo though. It was weird. <laughs> so then they finally pick up, uh, they pick up Brenda from the bus station. They finally do. Imagine that. Stupid, crazy Brenda. I would have left her dumbass there the whole time and been like, <laughs> fuck, bitch. I don't know. She was nuts. Although, um, I'm sorry. Um, that actually happens. All right. So they get the car back. It's oh, no, they, they go to the restaurant. They go to the restaurant. Right. Yeah. That happens before Brenda. But they go to the restaurant. Well, there's, I think they're stopped in front of the restaurant. And then they see his car because it says, so cool. They and see that, like, yeah, Mike, the boyfriend's car. He, she's like, oh, that's the restaurant Mike was supposed to take me to for our anniversary. And they were like, oh, it looks like he already went there with someone. And as they see his car, so she goes in and she starts a big thing. Scene. Yeah. Basically. Weird looking girl who apparently puts out. Yeah. And the the, the kids get involved. I think Daryl kicks them over a table or something. And they're yeah. supposed to be looking at uh, after Sarah, who steals a bunch of eclairs or, or pastries. <laughs> or something from the fa- fa- fancy French place. From the French, from the fancy restaurant, yeah. And um, walks out across the street to a like a toy shop. She's outside looking at the toys, yeah. And then the bad guys find her and right. they start chasing her. So they go outside of the of the restaurant, and again, there's another Playboy advertisement, huge sign right there. <laughs> I'm like, my god. Um, oh, I didn't notice that one. Yeah, it's just funny. I mean, like, I don't care. I just thought it was funny because it was it was so much of it in the movie. Like, I wonder if Playboy, like, got something from it or if, like, there was some kind of thing with it because they didn't use a weird, random, like, hot chick magazine. You know, like, they actually used Playboy. So I was right. wondering if it was, like, some kind of... But going into this, I would have assumed this was a, a family movie. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, there wasn't a lot of sex in it. There was just a lot of Playboy. I don't... Maybe kids didn't really know what... You know, they don't know what it is. So it was, like, for the parents. Yeah, play, 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 I mean, I, I understand Playboy was, was, was considered classy or still right. is, maybe. But still, I don't know if I would have Playboy as a paid promotion in a movie <laughs> that I'm going to advertise to children. Like, yeah, I guess. That's true. I don't know. I just thought it was weird. Again, the 80s. They were a weird time. Mm. So yeah, they they find they find the little they find Sarah in front of the toy place. Well, sh- yeah, so the bad guys do. Yeah, and they will not stop. They're like the Terminator coming after her, and uh, she she recognizes her parents' building, and she starts running towards it, and she winds up in, the, in her parents' building. They because they're they're at a party at 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 the father's office. I, I assume it's the father's office. Maybe it's her office, mother's office. So. Yeah, and they're like some sort of cocktail party there. And so she runs towards the building, and then I don't know how the rest of the family, the babysitter and, and the other kids, know they, that yeah, they she don't. ran towards that building. 
They were like, that's where your parents are, right? Well, that's where Sarah is. Let's go. And I was like, uh, I don't know if that's a safe assumption, but, yeah. but I mean, she did mention, I think one of them mentioned earlier, like that's where um, the parents are. Like, we should just go there and tell them what's going on. Th- yeah, that is true. Like somebody did say that. So when I they guess- first get into the city, they're like, yeah. oh, look, that's, the, that's where our parents are right now. So she runs into the building. The bad guys come and chase her. They wind up on the same floor as, well, no, they wind up on some like floor that's under construction. It's under construction, yeah. And she jumps out the window and is hanging off the side of the building. Like a ro- with a rope. With a rope. But the but his the chop shop boss guy is on there. I think it's his friend at first, right? Ron Cameron, and yeah. He's like he's like basically like saying, I don't want to hurt you, like just give me the Playboy. Like that's really what they want. Like that's all they want, right? That's so what everyone, he wants. I'm, 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 the boss wants to kill those kids. Right. Well, he wasn't there, so no one else yeah. does. So he, they're all like, he's like, just we just want this. She's like, no, I don't trust you, and I'm going to climb down on the side of this building, which I'm sorry. I don't even one? have a fear of heights or anything, really, but like, I get nauseous. That scene. That scene gave me vertigo. Vertigo, sure. like, holy shit. Like, yeah. it's so terrifying <laughs> looking yeah. down i mean when you see them it's sort of like angled i mean obviously they're walking straight in real life but like it's kind right. of angled but when they, when they show the shots it's like a 90 degree drops like straight down i'm like oh my god this would make i would just let go because i'd be so scared i i would not be able yeah to I, I know what you mean it's it was terrifying and that scene goes on for a while it's so long i feel like because they built a set or and they had the harnesses like they paid for the set and they were like we're gonna use this Every, yeah. minute, you know, <laughs> we're gonna get our money's worth out of this. Yeah, it was terrifying. So she's climbing down. He's climbing down to get her. He's trying to grab the Playboy out of her backpack, and like, you know, it's. Oh, she does have the Playboy. Okay. She still has it in her backpack. Yeah. So okay. like, she's then she climbs across and she finds her parents and she's like banging on the window, like trying to get their attention. Obviously, you know, like nobody really hears her, but they see her. The bad guys. The no, no, uh, the kids the, and the, the babysitter. Kids, they okay. see her, yeah, because Elizabeth Shue had gone in and tried, you know, put a fur over her to try to like look for Sarah to see if walking she around like a weirdo. She's yeah, like, like, oh, no one's gonna notice me with her fur coat over her head, like over her face. Like, yeah, this is <laughs> totally normal. Like everyone walks around like that inside, absolutely. And then the kids are hiding in the in the coat closet, and the father comes in because they're about to leave the party and doesn't see them. But then the bad guys find them. This is a weird scene because then the the parents started a conversation with the bad guy about the caterers. And he's like, what are you talking about? No, but it was just, he looks at her like she's, he's like, what? I mean, the way he talks to her is so strange. She's like, she's she's taking back because she doesn't understand what's going on or who he is, but he obviously thinks who he is. And he's like, who are you talking to? You know, he's like, he's asking you a question, you asshole like what she just wants to know food because she thinks that you're you're behind there you know like but I don't. if you got that reaction would you not walk away and been like fuck you I she, she like, stands there and she's like trying to ask him like the food the food yeah. what what about the cater it's like no he's being a dick to you like, well, go just, away yeah just go away like leave him alone he's a jerk and then they tie they do they tie something around his ankles because then There's he goes like to leave and he falls right yeah extension. like an extension cord or something like wire something that was like plugged in so they, they, they get up to the, the window, they pull the, the girl back in, but they leave the, the guy out there, Ron Canada, and the car thief shows up and he's like, I'm not going to hurt you. It's like, yeah, we've established that. You're a nice guy. Yeah. Um, he's, and he tells them, they just want the Playboy because there's notes on there. There's, they wrote stuff down and they're like, oh, 
all right. So they give him the Playboy. And he's like, all right, get out of here. But then they run into the, oh, they were like, oh, but the, the guy is still outside hanging off the ledge. And the car he's like, like, I'll let him chill there for a while. Like, let yeah. him think about what he's done or something. I was like, <laughs> but that shot is terrifying of showing him clinging onto the side. At least I think he's got his back. He's like flat with his back it's, flat against the window. It's horrifying. Nothing to hold on to. Yeah, it's, it's rough. But then they run into the, the main boss, the, the mob guy. And they're like, all right, we have the Playboy now. And he tells the car thief, like, get out of here. I'll take care of the children. Yeah. It's like, why? Yeah. You have everything you want. You just want to kill these kids now. <laughs> now you're just being a sadistic piece of shit. Yeah, for real. So they don't have Brenda at this point, do they? Then they go pick up Brenda. They pick up Brenda after, yeah. Okay. And she's like, you won't believe the night I had. It's just supposed to be ironic because they had a worse night. And then they... Wait, how do they get away from the bad guy? I can't remember now. Oh, the car thief punches him in the face. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then they go get Brenda. And then they go back to the house. Yeah. Finally. They have to and beat the parents there because they see their parents on the highway. Yes. He's like, what kind of, how fast do your parents drive? She says, he's like, oh, like 45. Like, I don't know what kind of question that is. It's like, who knows? <laughs> I don't know. Like, it depends what the speed limit is. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. It was um, almost like a, it was almost like a Ferris Bueller thing where they, they're trying to beat the parents home. To beat the parents. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So they get home, of course, and they're like, you guys go upstairs, get in your pajamas. I don't care. Whatever. Just do, just get upstairs and like pretend like you've been here the whole time. And then she's like, Brenda, you need to go. She's like, I can't go home. And she's like, Brenda, I've had enough of you. <laughs> like, pushes her out the door. And I was like, yay. Yes. <laughs> I was yeah. like, get that crazy bitch out of your life. She <laughs> you should do that toxic. more often. Yeah. Jesus. So then they get home, obviously, you know, they parents get home and she's sitting on the couch like nothing ever happens. Mm-hmm. And then she goes upstairs to say goodbye to the three kids who are in the bedroom watching television. And they all say, like, it was the greatest night of my life, blah, blah, blah. And she finally acknowledges that Brad has a crush on her and says, like, oh, we're friends. Yeah. So I feel like that's a resolution for her. It's not really a resolution for him, but whatever. But, you know, like, it's what it is. Like, she's, like, thinks that he's, like, a child and whatever. I swear, she was giving him the flirty eyes the whole movie. (laughs) Even fishing for compliments. she, She was leading him on, but whatever. That's fine. But she, then they see, she sees the boy who like, gave her the money. Oh, because she loses, the girl loses a skate and she gets all upset about it. And Elizabeth, she was like, it's gone. Like, don't worry about it. Oh, and he brings it. Yes, he brings He's it like, back. He's like, oh, yeah. I found this skate in my car when I gave you a lift. And it had like the name tag on it, like lost property, returned to, and then it had the little girl's name on it. She was on roller skates. And he, he has the, strangest come on lines i've ever heard before um yeah tell me what you said tell me because i was like that's creepy yeah he was like oh i need a babysitter and she's like i'm retired he's like oh that's too bad i need a babysitter for me ew um ew yeah it was so gross i'd be like i can't help you with that (laughs) yeah that's some weird College role said, playing that I don't understand. My note yet. says, uh, what? A babysitter? <laughs> Is that a good line? That's literally what I wrote down word for word. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no. It is not. First don't of ever all, say that. That's creepy and weird. It's, yeah. First of all, I doubt she it it's it's nice to know that the only thing you know about her, her defining characteristic, is that she's a babysitter. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's how you basically think of her. And number two, 
it's not cute to say I need a babysitter for myself. I don't know. That's just not a good come online, but she seems to think it is. Apparently falls for it. Yeah. And they kiss. And then that's that. And the 80s go lives on. And then the 80s lives on. Yeah, that's a weird come on though. And they credited Vincent D'Onofrio as Vincent Philip Philip D'Onofrio. I noticed that. Which they didn't do that in Full Metal Jacket, which was before this movie. So right. I'm confused as to why he wanted that he wanted like separate himself from Dawson's character. Like he was like, I don't know if I want anyone to know it was me. <laughs> like I don't know. It was just a strange. I've never seen him uh, build as that before. So that was that was weird. I was looking at the goofs in IMDb, and like a third of the goofs have to do with the credits because it'll be like, oh, the the girl's name was spelled Sarah with an H, but in the credits she's Sarah S A R A, or. They credited this actress as blonde in the credits, but she was clearly a brunette in the scene. <laughs> it was just that's, whoever that's was in charge of the credits weird. just did not do a good job. <laughs> they just they just phoned that in. They didn't care. <laughs> so maybe they made that name up, or who knows? Combined two different people. Yeah. So that's all I have on my notes. Yeah, that's all I got too. So before we get to the numbers, I want to play a clip of Tara talking about her experiences on the Music Is Life podcast with Lou Mavs. She was on episode number seventy-eight. Yes, yes. As you know, I was um, asked to be a guest so graciously by a very good friend of mine, um, Lou Mab, who has a podcast called Music is Life with Lou Mab. What, what, what um, was his name? I'm sorry. Lou Mab. Okay. And uh, he does Music is Life. And uh, he recently asked me to be on um, an episode where we discussed. Hmm, maybe I shouldn't even say. Maybe I should make people go listen to it. <laughs> um, no, we discussed Genesis. Um, and it was Genesis? really fun. Yes. And it was really fun. It was a really, really cool experience to work with someone else in a po- in, in podcasting. Because I mean, really, this is my own, my only experience with you and I doing this. So it was really cool to see how people like, do different things. And he was so gracious and so sweet. And I've known him for 20 years now and um, he's a wonderful guy. So um, I definitely want to give him a shout. So Lumev, thank you so much for that. And check out his podcast at uh, musicislifepodcast.com. Um, I also want to give a little shout out to Wayne. I have not met him in person yet, but um, he uh, he's Rat Salad Review is his podcast. So um, and he's definitely been also very welcoming and, and kind. And I'm really excited to see what the future holds between the three podcasts. Like you know, we might be a little more involved with them. So stay tuned for more information on that. All right. So um, what do you want to do? I always forget the order. We do. Our ratings, we do other people's reviews. Um, let's numbers. Let's be, yeah, let's do the the numbers first. We usually do I mean the, the numbers and like the budget and the reviews usually are just quick, like take a few you know, it's together yeah. and it kinda of doesn't take long, so all right. So the budget for this movie was seven million. Um seven million. Gosh. I didn't even you know what, and I didn't even look at the um the rating, I guess sometimes I look at the ratings. I didn't even do that this time. The Rotten Tomato? <clears throat> no, I never look at Rotten Tomato because we always do that. I never, I didn't even look like the, I look at like a Google or Metacritic or whatever, like, you know, like ratings. I didn't even do that this time. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say that they did like 30 million. 30 million. That's your number. They did 34. Ooh, okay. very close. Very close. close. I knew it made. I knew it made. My, I knew it did well because I just heard about this movie too much, and I yeah. 
know about you know like i it's just even though it wasn't like my favorite like whatever and i didn't see it but i just knew that they had to have made that much money no you were you're really good at this i mean most of the time when you're wrong it's because the something's strange with the movie you know it did either we can't get budget numbers or or that's annoying when you can't yeah. get budget like why would they not advertise that it's weird yeah it should be like why is it like a thing that you should, would they wouldn't put up it's Who possible cares? some of the lower budget movies from the 80s just didn't track that stuff I guess I that's know. true. I mean, which I don't understand. It's so stupid. But uh, <clears throat> all right. Yeah. So Rotten Tomatoes. What? Oh, by the way, I do have to say this is. Uh, this was produced by Walt. This, this was distributed by Walt Disney Studios. Paramount actually had a first crack at this, but they insisted on on the uh, lead going to Molly Ringwald. This lead, this lead character, um, the lead actress. Uh, Everyone wanted someone different. There was like 20 names being floated around Hollywood before it went to Elizabeth Shue, but Paramount passed on it because they wanted Molly Ringwald to be the lead, and that wasn't going to happen. That's interesting. Did, so, did Molly Ringwald not want it, or? No, I don't think Chris Columbus wanted it. The, the reason I brought it up was Walt Disney's because Disney actually remade this movie in 2016 as like a Disney original. I heard this because when I was looking it up, like, because I just looked up to see the, because I, I like to look up the director, the, you know, make sure I have the year of the director, that stuff, like, I'll do, like, Wikipedia, you know, quickly, and I'll look at the cast, but um, I saw that it said, like, Adventures in Babysitting, it said 2016, and I was like, uh, no, what, <laughs> why, and I don't think I want to see it, because I guarantee you it's, I feel like it's just going to be, oh God, those terrible Disney shows, you know, like, Zoe 101, or... I, yeah. Somebody, I can't. I don't even know the shows because I was too old by the time this stuff came out. But like all that, like I just can't. I can't imagine. I did not know that they redid this movie. Yeah, it, it's it's. I looked at it. I didn't recognize anybody. It's just a bunch of Disney kids, right? Like in young kids, but kids I'll probably see like I don't know terrible pictures of in a few years from <laughs> TMZ or something. <laughs> but yeah, all right. So Rotten Tomatoes. Um, what do you think? Um, ooh, okay. Critic score, let's do, let's, I'm going to say between like 55 and 60. And then okay. audience score, I'm going to say between like 85 and 90. 55 and 60 and 85 and 90. Let's take a look. 72 okay. and 70. I'm wow. really shocked at that. I, I'm surprised that the audience score isn't higher. Yeah, I, I actually thought the critic score would be about 72. I thought it'd be a little higher than you estimated, but I'm shocked the audience score isn't higher. Yeah, I never, I would never think that. And it's weird because there's some movies that are so terrible and there's like 89%. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. But okay, you know, nostalgic reasons. I'm surprised that people don't like this movie more. Let's see. Let's see what some of the critics had to say. Anything interesting? Roger Ebert. Nope, didn't like it. <laughs> oh, wow, wait, let's, and now for something really new. Hold on. <laughs> By the end of the film, I had a couple of real laughs and a few interesting moments, but that was about all. That's enough, man. <laughs> if a movie made you laugh and had made you have some interesting moments, I don't know what that means. I had some interesting moments. Whatever, that's, that's fine. That's enough. That's whatever. I don't take his his thing for anything anyway, to be honest. Like, I really don't. I don't think I've ever paid attention to what he says. I don't care. Like, was Siskel and Ebert were together and they do that thing? Like, I mean, that was like my grandpa watched that. Like, I didn't care about that. And I still don't care about it. <laughs> he's an old crank. I just feel like he's, you know, like I think I said this the last time, like, you know, he's just one of those guys that would 
that probably thought like uh, Ishtar was the most amazing movie that ever was made or something, you know? And I know you like that movie, it's, but the general consensus is that it sucks. It's, <laughs> it's interesting you mentioned that movie. Uh-oh, is that you going to make me watch that next week, Adam? Oh, God. <laughs> I actually, yeah, that's my pick for this week. Oh, God, no. I thought I was going to make it through my whole life without ever having to see that movie. Damn you. Give me a day. I'm going to watch it tonight, and I'll let you know. <laughs> Isn't it really long? You said that about a lot of movies, and I feel like that's just not the case. <laughs> well, if anything's over two and a half hours, to me, that's long. No, I don't think. I, you said that about another movie, and these are not two and a half hour movies. Like back then, I think The English Patient was two and a half hours, and everyone said that movie was super long. I did say that about another movie. What movie was it I said that about recently? I was going to do Romancing the Stone. And That's you're like, oh, I think that was, and I was like, no, that movie's like, an, it's it's almost two hours, like an hour and 50 minutes. Okay. And Ishtar is an hour and 47. So maybe it's just because I kept hearing growing up as a kid, like I kept hearing how boring the movie was. So I'm like, yeah, I you just, probably think I it's equate be, that to being yeah. like really long. <laughs> Uh, I never want to sit through that garbage. Like, guess what? You have to sit through it. And spoiler alert: I like this movie. So. I, heard, I know that. That's why I I said that. But I was like, I just feel like Ebert probably. I'd love to be see what he says about the movie. You know, like fantastic cinematic. Uh, you know, tour de force. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing if that's what happened. So your your ratings for this, sir? My ratings for this. My ratings for this is. Um, my rating for this is an eight. I give this an eight because I enjoy it. And um, if it was badly made and I still enjoyed it, I would have given it a seven, but I find it fairly flawless in execution in a lot of ways. I think the script was for the most part tight. thought the camera work, the editing sound, it was all pretty well done, nothing glaring. So well-made movie gets a bump up for me from a seven to an eight. Nice. I'm going to agree with you. And even though this wasn't like one of my um, favorite movies growing up, it really was executed well. Mm -hmm. It was silly, but, you know, the acting was good. And there wasn't anything that was, like you said, like glaringly, like terrible about it. So I actually want to give it an eight because I kind of enjoyed it. I thought it was cute. I thought it was a very cute movie. And, um, well, do you want to go ahead and do your cheese factor? Oh, yeah. So my cheese factor for this is a seven. Um, I wouldn't put it up there as an eight. I don't think it was anything outlandishly cheesy that happened. It's the premise and just the nostalgia factor and the, the, the fame of this movie. Similar to the last time, it puts it in the category of cheesy movies without it actually being super cheesy. So I'm going to give it seven, somewhere in the middle of the, on the plus side of five, you know? I'm, I'm actually going to give it a five. I didn't really find it to be that cheesy. I mean, it was, but it was it was also just kind of the way that a lot of movies were were made then. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't go overboard and say that it went out of its way to be cheesy or that things that were like super cheesy happened. Um, there were some instances where I was just like, oh, Lord. But, you know, um, overall, I don't think that it was like an, an amazingly cheesy movie. The mm-hmm. movie I wanted to do originally <laughs> was definitely a cheesy movie. But um, this one... I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think it was that. I don't know. I, I liked it. I'm glad I watched it, but I didn't. I didn't find. I didn't find an overwhelming, you know, amount of cheese in this in this one. Yeah, I think you know what we, we've been talking about this, but I think we're coming up. Um, I, I don't even know what episode we're on, but we're. I think we're definitely past 15. I was thinking. 
either for episode 20 or 25, whichever you think is better. We'll do a, maybe a special movie pick and a bonus podcast episode about uh, what we define as being cheesy. Because I what feel like we're, we sort of talk the same language. What, yeah, exactly. What cheesy means to me. Because I'm not sure we agree on what the definition is sometimes. I, I think, yeah. I don't know. I think you're so, right. I think it'd be interesting to have that conversation. So, uh, yeah, we got to figure out if that's going to be episode 20 or 25. But I think we should do it on, on, as a milestone episode, you know. I, I agree. I think 20 would be a great time. 20? 20 would be a great time to sort of discuss that. I don't know, like, you know, kind of, you know, it's enough for us to like have gone through the movies and, and done our ratings and, and talk about our things because we agree on so much about, you know, like as far as silliness and like our notes are almost like, it's almost like people would think we're sitting in the same room together, mm-hmm. you know, the way that we write our notes. So yeah. we obviously agree on so many things, but you're right. When it comes to like cheese factor, I don't know that, we completely agree what it means to be cheesy. And I think mm-hmm. we should definitely have that important conversation. Yeah. And not to influence each other for our future ratings, just to understand how we're doing our, our own ratings. Just to open up the discussion. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Okay. So I guess next time we'll be discussing Ishtar. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're going to do Ishtar. I was on the fence actually uh, between two movies, but since you brought it up, I know. You, you picked this movie. <laughs> I lay. I made my bed, so now yeah. I lie in it. Because this is not the first time I brought it up. I think this is the second time that I've said something about it. And you were like, "Oh, I want to do this movie," and I'm like, "Oh God, please don't ever pick this movie." And then I mm-hmm. had to go and open my big mouth. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what you're gonna think. If you're going in with low expectations, you may you may end up enjoying yourself. I might. I am, and I, I don't think well, my expectations could get any lower. <laughs> so <laughs> all we can do is go up from here. All right. Well, I guess that's it. We'll see everyone next week when we talk about Ishtar. All right. Well, stay fresh, cheese bags. Mm-hmm.